Today's guest is Harriet West Moore of Moore Hair Products Galore LLC. We talk about the influence of early Black American artists, women empowerment, relationships, and natural hair care. She herself also has three podcasts. Please give a warm welcome to ever blessed Harriet West Moore. Hi, Harriet. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you for a Friday? Thank God yeah. it's Friday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So far, so far, so good. Yeah, oh, I was okay. just looking at, um, I was looking at all your, my gosh, I love your podcasts. Like there's so much that I can explore. There's different nuances that I will enjoy on my leisure time. Cause I think usually I'm able to listen to podcasts while I'm driving at night or yeah. So that's my thing. But yeah, you are on my list now. That's for sure. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I really want to dig into, you know, pick your brain on a, uh, a lot of things that are kind of like in the way I was brought up. It's not taboo. It's something that was never brought to my attention in knowledge for a person of color, a woman of color. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm mixed race. So it was really mm-hmm. hard for me to talk about hair to someone mm-hmm. who knew what hair it does uh, to our, to our uh, identity and to yes. our, to society. So exactly. But I yeah, wanted that, to, that is a very good topic. Yeah. And I think that was one of the things you wanted to discuss as well. But I also had a couple of other organic questions that I okay. that I wanted to share with you. I, you wanted to talk about um, music genres that are influenced by early Black American artists, mm-hmm. women empowerment, relationship, natural hair care. So that's like win, win, win for me because I, <laughs> I need I need a little enrichment in my history. Um, I was raised Latina, mm. so I had a very minute information from my father's side, which mm-hmm. you know, they are the the black side of the family. Mm-hmm. And my mother was the uh, Mexican side of the family. So I didn't have all that. And I feel like I've been s- neglected of understanding mm-hmm. my history of mm-hmm. who I am, where I come from, how to how to um, be a strong woman. Yeah, I had to right. learn from trial and error. Right. So yeah, I'm not sure about your history, um, but I I know you'll probably tell me, girl. You know, <laughs> I cannot. Yeah, wait. I'm, it's always a, a challenge when you are, you know, biracial. I, my husband is biracial. He's his mother's white, and his father was black, and he basically grew up white in the white until you know. It, it's it's very complex. It's very complex because you can get it the racism or what from both sides, you know what I mean? And it's just, I don't know. Yeah. It's hard because I was actually watching something. I think it was on Netflix. It was called passing. Mm. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if you've seen it or come Mm -hmm. across it or anything, but it's an interesting story about a woman who, you know, the identification of a woman who is considered passing for white mm-hmm. they would call them passing so mm-hmm. her journey i was like oh my gosh and i think there was another this kind of caught my attention they had referenced that when it comes to being of mixed race specifically like if you are black and white mm-hmm. why do they identify the child to be black 
and not white? That's a good question. Very good question. And I was um, like, that was that's intriguing. Like, I never really thought of that. Have do you have an idea? I know we're probably going to get deep, deep into this. <laughs> so, yeah, I think um, I, I'll tell you on a personal note, my I have a cousin who's, you know, they always say you go by the father. Mm-hmm. And if that's the truth, then my cousin should be considered white because my cousin's father was Irish and, you know, my aunt is black. So but because of the, you know, one drop black uh, rule, you're considered black. Right. I don't I that that's something I, I don't know if it's because of the dominant. The features of black are so, you know, can be so dominant mm-hmm. to where you know, you take one look at uh, a person, whether they're mixed or not, and you can see that there are some um, black features in them. So I, I, I really don't know how they justify, you know, the one drop rule or is that, you know, because like I said, if you if it's from the father genetically, then, you know, yeah. those who have white fathers that are, are why aren't they considered white? Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah, because I mean, and it's that's what I've I've combated with law enforcement or even like the Department of Motor Vehicles. Mm-hmm. They would automatically, because of my father, they would automatically put on my record or on on the system, black female, even mm-hmm. though I was raised Latina. Mm-hmm. I wasn't considered Lat- Latina because of my father. And I'm like, why do we have to go through all that when I specifically tell them at the, you know, when I register my driver's license or whatever the information they have, you know, why do I have to go through that and say who I am? Right. Because of that. And I'm like, I was not brought up by my dad. Yeah. He's not even in my life. Mm -hmm. Like like you just said, like, you know, it's our Irish father. Mm hmm with a, a black mother. So like, dude, this is, it's just like something I really need to pick someone's brain on. I mean, that's, that's going to take me a whole day of just conversating with somebody and be like, it's all right. about how society sees you. Exactly. And exactly. That's unfortunate that, you know, why can't you just see me as human being? Right. Why can you see me as a successful, powerful um, individual who is striving to become something to to help other people? It's, it's yes. not that. So I, I, I'm done with this this color thing. I, it's like, I am. I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm over it, too. I mean, <laughs> it, it's, you know, and then don't get involved with the colorism. That, oh, that That's a whole nother, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's that's. I do. You, OK, yeah, we don't want to talk about it, but I'm just going to throw it out there because I, I think I understand what you mean by colorism. So within the race, there is racism. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I had that. I was too dark to be with a Mexican community or a mm-hmm. group of people who were Mexican, mm-hmm. but I was too high yellow mm-hmm. to be in a black community mm-hmm. because I was considered um you know, the girl with the good hair, or, right? You know, the right yellow skin. And I was like, dude, what the heck? Where am I supposed to go? So I, yeah. I converted this to say, I'm making my own circle, the circle of Jasmine. Jazz, mm-hmm. Jazzism is my own circle of, of whoever wants to join me, so be it. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's just, um, that's like a caste system in a sense. It, it is. That's exactly what it is. 
caste system that I've talked with people who are from India and people who mm-hmm. are from um, Africa, people mm-hmm. from China. They have the same type of level of caste system, but they have it in a different way. Yeah. And it's like enough already. Y'all, yeah. come on. Don't you find something more productive to do? I know. Life? <laughs> I, like, I know. I know. It, it's, you know, you would think in the 21st century we would be, you know, done with all that. But yeah. No. Yeah, someone needs to come in and do like MIB and just like flash the uh, mind eraser and just right. have all of us have have blank minds and just look at each other like, oh, you're cool. Can I hang out right. with you? You know, right. right. <laughs> Enough of this. <laughs> right. Right. And I and I'm glad that we're talking about this because it kind of opens up to the whole ordeal of the history of, do you know how many times we've had in history, how we changed the way we identify a community yeah. as Negro, uh, Black man, uh, mm, Afro-American, colored, Black American, colored. <laughs> like what is considered? OK, so I'm just going to say uh, my brown sisters and brothers, how they... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> my black and brown sisters had to go through the history of dealing with their hair. Um, and I think that's what I was trying to kind of like hit on. Like, I have always been considered the girl with the good hair, mm-hmm. um, the girl with, oh, you can do any any type of hairstyle and it just be perfect for you. And I'm like, yeah, but I I can do that. But I I believe that I'm not taking care of it properly by moisturizing mm-hmm. how to, you know, how to tend to it if it becomes um, the thinning and the receding right. and all that as we always like to pull our hair and ponytails and just kind of like, mm-hmm. I think one of the things you even said in your one of your podcasts is um, protective. I'm not Protective hairstyle. Yes, like, protective yeah. hairstyle. Mm-hmm. So um, coming from my side of the fence, <laughs> I, I've heard it so many times, but I I just thought that it only was at a place that 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 pertains to only the darker or kinkier mm. hair co- mm-hmm. hair com- and complexion. Mm-hmm. I literally just like grab the most cheapest shampoo, you know, maybe put something in there that's definitely not for my hair. Just uh-huh. to do it because it's too frizzy, it's yeah. it's uncontrollable, put it in right. a ponytail, don't want to do anything with it, and I leave it in a ponytail, which actually makes it worse. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, that needs to be talked about. Yep. <laughs> it yep. isn't, you know, and I think even on another, I think it's either the same podcast or another one that there was those different types of what is it? One C and all oh, the hair AB. textures. Yeah. Yeah. Hair types. And, uh-huh. and I've heard that I, and I've done quizzes on it. I'm like, oh, I must be a, a four B or I'm just a right. member out there. Right. And oh, this is a type of um, hair products that I need to use. And I've done so much searching on what is appropriate for my texture and a lot of trial and error and a lot yeah. of hours of just endless searching for something and it's it's i i'm overwhelmed like how do you even begin how do you even start with that so it's something so simple (laughs) yeah we haven't even gone to the part where we have to 
keep ourselves accepted in society by Mm -hmm. talking a certain way, walking a certain way, wearing something a certain way, um, getting the education a certain way or stay in your lane kind of scenario. Mm -hmm. But yet we are we are one, but yet we're separate kind of a a mantra. And it's like I'm confused. Yeah. Let alone, you know, having to deal with two cultures that I have to understand. You know, it's just like it's crazy. I'm sorry, I'm I'm talking too much. No, no, this is, I I love this type of conversation because it's the conversation that needs to be had. And, you know, again, it's it's all the bottom line is how society views people of color. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if you don't conform to, you know, this type of standard, like, uh, like you said, if we don't talk properly, if we, you know, they you know, we're considered ghetto if we say, you know, our certain ling- you know, lingo. But then in, in within our culture, if we talk, you know, more white as they say, oh, you're too white. You know, you just act like you're, you know, you can't be yourself. Right. When you're, you know, you know what I mean? And, and you know, you're being judged by the dominant society and you're being judged by your own within your own, you know, culture. So it's like... <laughs> In a catch 22. What do I do? I mean, how can I be myself? And how right. can anybody accept me yeah, exactly. as who I am, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, and um, I've been told many times that, uh, like, even on the phone, when I was looking for a job, uh, they would see my resume. They mm-hmm. know my name is out there, mm-hmm. uh, my my maiden name, my original name. So they would like, oh, this is, she seems so sweet. And oh, my gosh, she's she's highly recommended by so and so. And they finally talked to me on the phone and they're like, wow, you know, uh, I talk with proper etiquette and mm-hmm. with with mm-hmm. whichever um, not using a uh, different types of dialects or slang mm-hmm. I mean which is supposed right. to be professional you're professional right. it shouldn't right. be a categorization of this is white this is black this is Asian right. this is whatever right but um, they finally come I finally walk in the door and the look at my resume the look at me the look at the resume and they'll literally tell me you do not sound the way you look. And I had to bite my lip many times <laughs> to yeah. tell them, what am I supposed to sound right. like? Right, right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's like, I, I, I know exactly what you mean. You do not sound the way you look. Well, how am I supposed to sound? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like come in there, be like, "What's up?" You know, this right, is a pro- right, right. professional here. This is a professional environment. Everyone should have that type of etiquette. Right. It starts to that. Doesn't matter what your caste or your stature or your your rank in things. It, you know, mm-hmm. it, that's just. To me, that's just common sense. It, it is. You're in an environment of work, but when you're with your friends, it's all we have our all different dialects. We, right. How we relate. So right, right. And like you said, I mean, you know, work is work. We have our professionalism, and then you know, after work, okay, then we can, you know, say the ain't and girl and all that other stuff, you know, yeah. within our own stuff. But I mean. Well, people even like you said, it is frustrating because when you have so-called professionals asking, you know, saying something stupid is you don't sound how you look. I mean, that that right there shows the ignorance of them. 
Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's considered know. that is actually considered a microaggression, which is another yes. thing that I've learned. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh, I have been listening to this at the time that I figured out, like, oh, that does fall under microaggressiveness. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what else are we going to like throw at us? I mean, do we we have the what do you call it? The passive aggressiveness. And we yes. have the um, passing us over for promotion right. because, you know, I'm too dark. And this person has the same, we've gone, probably went to the same school, graduated with the same class, got the same grades, got the same degree, um, have the same experience, mm-hmm. but I've been overlooked uh, for a promotion and the other guy gets it and he becomes my boss. Like what just yeah. happened there? Like right. what just happened right. there? And right. Just, and knowing, you know, good and well, you know, truth be told, you were probably more qualified mm-hmm. than, you know, the classmate. You know what I mean? It's stuff like that. It is. It's very discouraging, which is why, you know, we have the power to create our own um, destiny here, you know, create our own businesses. If you can't accept us for who we are, then, you know, we have, we know what we have inside and what we have to offer. So, you know, sometimes you have to step out of that uh, comfort zone of working for somebody else and just start working for yourself. And which hence is what I'm trying to do now. Mm-hmm. And that's, and I completely agree. I, I am so done with the the workforce sitting mm-hmm. at a desk. I mean, the closest desk that I'm sitting at right now is in my home as I'm yes, speaking to you. That's as good yep. as it's going to get. You yep. Know? Yep. And I'm glad that we're able to share that because that's pretty much how you, your thoughts, your journey for your business, as well as you also have a podcast out there that kind of dibbles and dabbles on some of the subjects that we just referenced to in this hot needed the deep down discussion that everybody needs to get into the the tea of mm-hmm. what is going on here with women of color and people of color and just in general the types of struggles we deal with in society and economics in our own family in our own backyard with our friends and acquaintances this is a people don't understand how crazy it is that yes. what we have to go through and people are like oh well that's all in your mind and you're making a big deal out of it kind of a mentality for someone who's looking on the other side of the fence right so they say right. well that's you know you're just overreacting or because that's how society looks at women of color men of color mm-hmm. um saying that we're taking it out of context. We're overthinking it. You're making a big deal out of it. It's not that bad um, because they haven't, they haven't dealt with it themselves. So they kind of no. like blow it off and just say, well, if it's not happening to me, then it's not, it doesn't have, it's not happening anyway. Right. So they just right. make it like non-existent. Like we're just blown out of proportion. And I think that's BS. So <laughs> it, it is. Absolutely. Um, We are, you know, we deal with our, we have a unique struggle. Our struggle is just unique. Mm -hmm. And you're right. A lot of, they don't, a lot of people, they don't understand it. Mm -hmm. You know, to me, it goes all the way back uh, of that uh, slave mentality. I do really believe in the post-traumatic slave uh, syndrome. Yes. I really do. Oh, yeah. There's generational trauma. I b- remember talking to one of my guests who did uh, identify that. I'm like, oh, my gosh, we are 
we have so much trauma that we even before we came and uh, on this earth and did our first breath, mm-hmm. we have traumas from ancestral trauma, generational yes. trauma, all that, all that stuff is already on us. Yeah. And then we're doing working with our just to get by for each day of our lives. Um, yes. with what we're working on right now. And uh, I want to hit on your the subjects. I feel like I'm we're, I'm just so riled up about this because this is really intriguing information that a lot of people listeners need to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and your your business as um, as the root of it, no pun intended, the root of it <laughs> <laughs> is dealing with hair products. Right. So now, how did you get involved in that? Um, what was your journey? How did you step up into starting your business and specifically that in hair products? Well, I've always been a hair junkie. <laughs> every product, as we discuss, every product out there, I probably have tried Um I've always had an obsession for hair and how our hair, you know, grows and everything. I know my grandmother was a uh, she had her own beauty shop when I was a kid. So I, I maybe it's, it's something in our family. I don't know. But, you know, I guess I was trying to conform my hair into what mainstream society thought we should have our hair as a uh, black Americans. Um, I worked in corporate um, right now, I'm, I don't. I work in um, the law enforcement field, mm-hmm. so I, my hair have gone through the changes, through the perms, through the curls. <laughs> and right now, I'm at an age and at a point in my life to where my hair is my hair, and that represents who I am. I'm not going to alter it, so I decided to just um, lock it. So I'm going through the lock uh, stages. And as far as products, I've always been interested. And, and, you know, the chemicals and what goes into our hair to make, you know, all these different products that are marketed specifically for people of color. Because we're, I mean, we are their biggest consumer. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to um, create my own product um, after I started learning and researching about some of the chemicals that are not good for our, our types of hair. So I wanted to try to make my own. And, um, you know, I, I'm dibbling and dabbling. That's basically how I said, well, why not? You know, everybody else is, you know, putting their brand out there. Why not, uh, you know, see what I can do? You know, because mm-hmm. I think more of the natural ingredients, I mean, we come from, you know, our, from our culture is more, you know, based out of natural ingredients anyway. So why not go back to the basics? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like was this how they say if it ain't broken, don't fix it. Right. Yeah. So one of the things that I always had, like, and I think a lot of people are probably on the same wavelength. I get confused when someone says lock because I've seen some YouTubes where they're like, don't put dreadlocks in the same category of as lock locks. That's right. completely different. Right. I've, I've had dreadlocks. Um, I actually had to get them cut out during the pandemic because of my job. Mm. Uh, I always thought I always wanted dreadlocks and I'm thinking, was that the right thing to do with my hair? Mm-hmm. I love them. I love the journey. I had them for almost three years and they grew like just like down the middle of my back. Mm. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I can probably show you some pictures, but mm, yeah, I, love to see that. <laughs> but I, get, I completely understand when 
you know, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. And I, and right. if you think about the history, a lot of the, excuse me, ingredients that are in salves and different medications come from earth, come from mother earth. Right. How does, how do they create the different colors for to dye clothing that was from berries mm-hmm. that was from, you know, mixing um, a, an insect that has a, di- has a particular color that blends with the, the mud or, or some type right. of mineral, like the same, same thing goes with our skin and goes with our hair because we are mother earth and then put it on these natural things just for us to kind of like, oh, that's nice and keep walking. Right. <laughs> right, right. That was there for a reason. And it's exactly you, know, you having the background of, you know, beauty in the kind of like the being brought up. I, I could just visualize you just watching your is it your grandmother? My grandmother. Yeah. Yes. You're just looking up at her and just in awe, like yeah, I want to be her like that when I grow up, you know, I could just feel like you were just your path was etched for you to to have a a goal, a passion, a journey to um, you didn't you probably didn't even know it at the time, but to find yourself, to find who you are, your find your mm-hmm. center in your history is enriched with like things that we don't know until like you become today's old. It's like, right. oh my God, now I understand why I got into the hair products. Cause exactly. That was exactly. my goal. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Right. So, um, and I know, I think there were some other things I wanted to ask you here. Oh yeah. So we were talking about our ancestors or mm-hmm. ancestral trauma, et cetera. But I would like to know if, if you could ask your ancestor three questions, what would that be? Now, I was thinking about that because there's so many things. I'm just a love of history. I just always want to, if I could just, you know, sit and just take myself back in those times of what, you know, our people had to endure. In addition to being Black American, I have uh, Native American blood. And I would, I think I would ask my great, great, great grandmother, you know, how did she acclimate herself from the reservation into Black being considered Black, because on the census back then, you know, you're considered Black, mm-hmm. even though she came off the reservation. So I, I I just wanted to know, that would be one question. How did you pass yourself off as Black? You know, um, Next question I would ask, um, I had a lot of strong um, women on both sides of my family. My maternal grandmother, who I just talked to, I had her own business. Now, my great-grandmother, which I had the pleasure of knowing, I'm the fourth generation of women. She came um, from, she was a hard worker, Razorback from Arkansas, who had Native blood in her as well. And I just wanted to know how, you know, how looking back at her life and what she went through, she was kind of a pioneer. So Mm. I would want to ask my granny, how did you overcome some of the obstacle as being um, a businesswoman at a, you know, at a time where, you know, you mostly should have been just a wife and had kids and on the farm. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's unhe- unheard of. It's very right. rare. Yeah. Right. And uh, I, I would, you know, that'd be one of the other questions. The other question would be, how did they dealt with the racism? Um, did they dealt with the Jim Crow era during that time living in the South? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I just want to know how 
you know, how did they survive? Yeah. How do they do it? Like <laughs> I've, I've thought about that a lot. Like I've known a couple of people who are like, Oh my gosh, I can't, I wish everything was back, you know, 50 years ago when everything was nice. I'm like, mm, no, no, not for everyone. It right. was maybe the, the beauty and the particular attire that they were wearing was, was beautiful. Like the, type yeah. of the little, um, skirts and the little um jackets that they had or yes. they had this beautiful flair of design i would say yes i love that part of it but mm-hmm. i wouldn't want to go back 50 years uh, i probably would not survive because i right. would not know no. how my ancestors do this and right yeah <laughs> I, I, I'm the same way, you know, being in, you know, our way of thinking now. No, we probably wouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. would be rebels and challenging, you know, the status quo. But they had to do what they had to do to survive. And yeah, that is, yeah. you know, that's a question I will always want to. How did you do it? Yeah, because I'm thinking that you have to think like the opposite um, the people who are the racists, the mm-hmm. people who are the antagonists, the ones mm-hmm. who are inflicting this hatred towards another group, which is, you know, black Americans. Mm-hmm. And then it's almost like chess. You have to understand your opponent mm-hmm. to understand the, understand next, the move next move without, without them knowing. Them know- <laughs> right. Right. And, and make them still feel like they're still in control. It, that's, right. a, that's a very... That's a uh, like that's mind blowing. It, it is. It's so it is. Can you imagine? I mean, it's almost like they. I mean, because slaves, they were they had they were very resourceful, very you know the ones who like Harriet Tubman, you know p- people like that. You know, they had to play a certain role. You know, like you said, to make the bastards or whatever think that they're you know just dumb and stupid and stuff while all the while you know they're planning their escape mm-hmm. you know what i mean so it, it's very mind-boggling how they yeah. were able to do that yes so i give i give all credit and kudos and honor to our ancestors that Absolutely. have gotten us to this point where we're here today to Absolutely. say wow thank you you guys blew it out of the park here we are um 10 generations now into the future here talking about you Mm -hmm. that's just um i know wherever they are they're probably like probably high-fiving or whatever they do doing the happy happy dance yes and i loved it because speaking of dances that was one of the things that I did not know of. I understood that there was particular songs that were mm-hmm. sung to identify mm-hmm. that they are escaping. Mm-hmm. And they would, as they're in the fields, they would sing the song. And then mm-hmm. as the group began to kind of synchronize their singing as a, you know, as a group, that's almost like acknowledging, oh, yes, okay. I understand what you're singing. Right. Let me pass it on to the next person. And then right. they're they're in sync and singing. And it gets across the whole plantation that 
it's going down. Yep. <laughs> it's going and, down. And, right. And the overseer could have been st- sitting there right on the horse. You know? thinking, yeah. They don't even have a clue. <laughs> I love it because they're like thinking, oh, they're so happy. They enjoy right. their work. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Little do you know, right. it's going down. Right. <laughs> so right. the same thing came with dancing. And I know that with Native Americans or indigenous people, that was the same kind of a concept. Mm-hmm. They did not want them to do their own dancing. It was banned, uh, I think, until like 20, 30 years, 20 years ago wow. that they couldn't do their own dances in public. So, yeah, it's like they always find a way to point to shake yeah. their shake their fingers at like that's yeah. not we're not condoning that and right. But I yeah, and dances, um, dancing was also a thing too, even though it was considered like to blow off steam and entertainment. But there was particular dances to identify uh, Morse code or or secret information right. being passed on and all that. Yep. So I love man. I'm just thinking like if like you said like if I was back in that time, I'd be like, what are we doing? I can't even keep a tune. Uh, What did you say? (laughs) I would would just like blow it all out of like, like they'd be like, dude, go, go back in the cabin. You don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) We'll come get you when we're on the Yeah, Just just stay in the cabin. Don't, yeah. (laughs) You can just, you're going to rat on us and not even know like, what what are you doing? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. By the time they know, they tell me I'm, I'm like the last person person on the on the plantation like where did everybody go i don't know what happened <laughs> oh, oh, yeah funny. that'll be me <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know that was subliminal <laughs> i thought they were just happy <laughs> i'll be with i'll be with the slave drivers like we're just like i don't know what just happened i don't know either <laughs> Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Wow. Anyway, I know I just, we're having so much fun. Uh, we've talked about hair. We talked about mm-hmm. music. Well, I'm actually not really much on the, on the music part, but um, I actually wanted to ask you about that. What is one thing you would like to debunk when it comes to um, Black American hair, music, etc.? I mean, that's something... We need to get out in the out in the open, out in the air as a stigmatism, you know, how society sees one group of people, specifically people Mm -hmm. of color. Like, what can we do right now to listeners who are listening? One thing that we can debunk when it comes to talking about black American hair and music and um, clothing or whatever you like to just get out in the air. Um. Well, particularly for hair um, to debunk the um, notion that we have bad hair. Our hair is very versatile. We have, you know, one of the versatile hair types. And because we come from a multicultural, you know, genealogy is we're so multifaceted as far as our cultures within our as as, uh, black Americans, Latino, you know, we're all persons of color and our our hair is just as versatile Mm -hmm. and we shouldn't treat it as a as something bad. But it it, is something that's a gift because not too many other cultures can change our want, you know, style of your hair from straight to curly to braids 
to whatever, even if you want to cut it a fade cut. I mean, we just have that ability to do that. So just because our hair is is uh, different from mainstream does not mean that it's bad. Matter of fact, I I, I think it, it's a gift. It's it's our you know crown of glory that God has given us. And as far as uh, music, um, there's no question that uh, our rhythm, our sounds, our creativity is part of uh, the American music genre. As uh, on my podcast, uh, I I discuss different genres um, and, you know, blues, jazz, uh, even early rock and roll. I mean, that all came from us. It all, all of the beats and the sounds that came from us. So, you know, it's just that other artists and other people, they took it and, and you know, created to what, you know, to other styles of music, but it came from us. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we are much of a very much influence of, uh, of Americans. We have influenced our hair, our food, our, you know, music. So I, I just mm-hmm. wanted to debunk them uh, the myth that uh, we haven't contributed anything because we contribute a lot. Yes. There's, I mean, I even found out that uh, rock music was actually created by black Americans. Mm -hmm. And I'm like blown away again. (laughs) Like I should, I like, I should just say, you know what? I should have known that because I mean, pretty much, I mean, the only people I'm going to clip this out, but like the only people that have rhythm, uh, hello. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, I mean, not the only people, but if the, the non-whites have a lot more, you know, mm-hmm. um, going on with being in tuned with putting drums into their music, because that yes. is like, like indigenous people. They use the drum as the heartbeat of, of yep. the earth. We exactly. use it for our, our heartbeat in vibrations and the particular speeds and tempo have uh, different effects to our bodies. Yes. And it also sends a message of excitement or relaxation or, you know, joy or, or happiness or anger by yes. the tempo and by the the beat of a particular drum for a particular ceremony i mean who else could do that boy right. oh boy you know exactly <laughs> exactly so. so yeah exactly it's so true but uh yeah i'm i i think i've i'm today's old knowing i got to learn a lot from you today <laughs> <laughs> i'm loving it i'm loving it and i think there was one thing that i wanted to ask you because we are talking about Black American history mm-hmm. um, and how you got yourself involved in that journey of understanding hair. And uh, yes, I am loving this conversation. And I would love to know if you do have a proverb, if you do know a proverb that you could share that appeals to you and why it is. I mean, I say language because I have one that's in Spanish, you know, mm-hmm. and I have one that's from a proverb from an old tongue that was carried down um, from generation to generation. You know, like uh, my abuela, she would say, um, oh, she always, she loved music. So she would say, mm-hmm. que sera, sera. That's, you mm-hmm. know, whatever would be, would be. Yeah. So uh-huh. like things like that or. Mm-hmm. 
And as I've kind of put that into my little mantra of jazzism, like whatever will be, will be, it is what it is kind of a concept. But do you have anything that you'd like to share to the listeners that maybe was brought out down from generation to generation that that has been uh, an enriched part of your life or that has appealed to you? I think that would be from my my granny, my great grandmother, who always, you know, instilled in us to strive for excellence. Whatever you are, like you said, whatever will be, would be. um, And uh, put it in God's hands. That that was always what we always hear. Put it in God's hands. You know, Mm -hmm. if it's something that uh, if it's something that you can't know that you can't um, handle by by yourself, put it in God's hands and let it go. Let Mm -hmm. it go. You know, life is short now. I mean, especially now. So. Why sit and worry about something that you don't have control over? Mm-hmm. So let it go. Put yeah. it in God's hands. For me, it's easier said than done. Because yeah. you know how many times I'm like, right. but I must, but I must. I know. I, I have to like this, this OCD thing kind of takes over. Like, even though I think it's just, it's, it's a really bad habit as a mother. I've learned that I can be all bad by myself kind of concept. Like I can do, I can do bad all by myself. Right. If I'm going to get myself in trouble, then it's all on me. But right. if, if it's a child that is going down that rabbit hole with me, then I better find a way to get myself out of that because right. there's a child involved. There's a child involved. So what exactly. about me? I'll, it's, if I want to be like, you know, getting into trouble and knowing that I'm getting into trouble and not controlling the situation, that's all on me. No one else yep. is getting hurt. That kind of right. feel. But and even though it's an oxymoron on this flip side, that um, no matter how much you try to control something, it always redirects the path of where you're respecting to go anyways. Exactly. Even without the help or without with or without the help of you. Exactly. To control it. Exactly. So I was like, oh, my God, I got another another. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we have to deal with like what mind-blowing <laughs> exactly yeah and and um and i just wanted to also reference that because i think we've, we've talked about it a little bit in our discussion that you have not one not two but three podcasts and it's one of them is called more wine and music podcast mm-hmm. the more hair galore podcast mm-hmm. <laughs> i love it <laughs> and more self-discovery podcast i love the uh the way you use your last name as to kind of put a right. little layer to it i love that i love that um because that's how i did with mine i did noise Palu zion is how you mm. pronounce it so mm-hmm. and as you can see the tree of life and the woman yes. so there's a yeah, whole thing going on over there but i love that yeah, i so- love that <laughs> You are a busy woman yourself. Are you like doing this all at once or is this, this kind of like you do the podcast for um, I guess maybe you should tell the listeners how you do that, because I don't want to ask all the questions and get everybody confused. <laughs> well, I am a one woman show um, working full time, uh, handling three podcasts. I'm also. uh yeah, and, and the online business that I have. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing it all. Girl, <laughs> I'm trying to do it all. <laughs> you are you're right up there with me. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. 
finally someone who's kind of like up to par with is you <laughs> <laughs> who can hold it hold exactly which speaks to our who we are as, as our ancestors i mean mm-hmm. they had to endure it all and, and they did it all and you know that's in our that's how we are that's how we roll exactly that's how we roll that's exactly right <laughs> Love it. Love it. So um, I guess in closing, if I haven't, if I've missed anything, would you like to do like in closing any like an afterthought or, or anything you'd like to share in closing? I just want people to know that love yourself. Don't let society define who you are. Um, know who you are within yourself. Um, and as far as uh, and this goes into what my um, more self-discovery podcast don't worry because worry is, is going to worry itself. Um, you don't have to help worry, keep worrying along. Um, I created a uh, journal book that said more self-discovery worry book. And it just take, if you need to worry, take that time, specific time in the day and worry and just write down what you're worrying about. Let it go and then revisit it. Cause maybe by that time, the next time you um, go back to it, the problem might be already solved. Mm-hmm. So I, I have uh, a, I just created a, uh, a book, just a, you know, a, just a little notebook for people who might be interested to just purchase this on Amazon. And it's called More Self-Discovery Worry Book. And it is something that, you know, you have this dump, it's more like brain dumping. Whatever mm-hmm. you're worried about, put it down on paper and let it go. Yeah, and, you love know, that. Yeah, um, if you could provide me that, I'll put it in the show notes as well. Absolutely. That's cool. Very awesome. Um, I love dump book, uh, brain, call them brain dump books. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think that's pretty much it. Did we hit on all the subjects? I, I hope think we so. did. Yay. I think we did. I enjoyed it. Love yeah. the conversation. <laughs> Love the conversation. It's been an honor to have you, Harriet. As oh, it's my been an guest. honor. I, I appreciate it, Jasmine. Thank you yes. so much. You're I very welcome. It. Yeah, absolutely. You too. Thank you. All right, Jasmine. Take yeah. care. Bye. Right, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Noise Palooza Zion podcast. If you're wanting to share or follow, I am on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, or website jasminecastillovoice.com Show your love on any of the podcasts that does reviews, like Apple or Spotify. Thank you so much. Stay tuned for the next episode every Friday.